Welcome to the School of Art and Design podcast. This series features conversations with undergraduate students around their final year research, driven by their experience within the interdisciplinary academic and research methods module, commonly referred to as the constellation module within the school. Hello, I'm Dr. Martin Woodward. I'm a principal lecturer in Cardiff School of Art and Design. Hello, I'm Laura Edmonds. Um, I'm lecturer in the BA Honours Textile Design course here at Cardiff School of Art and Design. Hello, my name's Katie Stallard. I'm a textile student at Cardiff School of Art and Design. And this is a conversation exploring the research topic that informed my final year dissertation project, exploring ecological design methods within the textile industry, specifically feral ecologies, rewilding and propositional design. My dissertation questions the effectiveness of current day design culture and its influence within human societal actions and perspectives. So the study analyzes the very cause of the problem and how new ecological methods of restoration could encourage positive environmental change within design culture. So approaching the subject through a physical exploration of design, I was able to effectively analyze the benefits of new ecological design concepts. So specifically taking inspiration from Stuart Walker's propositional methods. The study really examines the effect of Walker's upcoming strategies through the development of a sustainable lamp design. Um, the implications of the dissertation itself were really effective in celebrating the ecological methods that could encourage the adaptation of a more sustainable and mindful um, creative industry and specifically the textile industry that I plan to work in. Um, so through the successful exploration and like findings of um, a naturally progressive and interpretive design methods. The study's findings were really effective in strengthening the existing ecological design alternatives that were needed to form a more mindful relationship between material design culture and nature. Katie, could you describe what kind of practitioner that you are now you've finished your degree compared, compared to when you first came I feel like when I first came to Cardiff Met, I was more of just a kind of open-minded creative. I was kind of just going in with an open mind to everything. I didn't have much knowledge of the textile industry, just more that I enjoyed the um, textural and like design elements. Um, but now definitely graduating with the degree, I definitely class myself more as like a designer, illustrator and eco-conscious thinker at this point. So it's quite exciting. Eco-conscious thinker, what, would you, what does that mean for you? For me, it means someone that within my practice, I kind of take the time to become more mindful of my decisions and I try not to take the easy route. I want to really delve into my options and challenge myself to be as eco-conscious as possible. Mm -hmm. So that really encapsulates not just the topic of your dissertation, but your experience of writing it. Definitely. I think my dissertation in itself, when I first started writing it, it was definitely a journey of me kind of discovering what it is I wanted to write about. I kind of started off with the kind of aims and objectives of, okay, I want to look into the textile industry, what it's known for, the damages it causes to the environment and how I can kind of steer it into a more um, ecological perspective of how we can implement new forms of um ecologies and different concepts that could kind of transcend the way we look at design culture. Mm -hmm. um, I think through that, 
approaching the subject through an exploration of design. I was able to really like analyze the new ecological design concepts that are coming up within this year. So things like feral ecologies and rewilding and propositional design were a really fundamental aspect to explore. Could you talk us through what you understand by rewilding and how you think you've attempted to apply it into your own thinking and practice? So rewilding by definition is restoring an environment to its natural unharmed state. And through my research into that, I looked at, there were a lot of organisations such as Rewilding Britain and Rewilding Scotland. And there's so many organisations that cater around that in terms of the environment and looking at how we can restore different landscapes and ecosystems. And through researching into that, I kind of had the discussion of myself of how can we implement this within design and the textile industry in particular that I'm planning to work within and how we can kind of source the materials that we're using in a way that allows us to be more conscious of our interactions with nature and how we can start to eliminate those damages. So when I was using the different, like sourcing the different materials from the environment. I wanted to be conscious of the ecosystems and still encourage um, the wilding of that natural ecosystem, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So is it is it almost like you're, it, wherever you get, where, wherever you take your resources from, you want to do it in such a way that, that it allows that, that, that ecology to continue rather yes. than being damaged by being, yeah, it's kind of the way of assessing the human and non-human ecologies, how they interact and allowing there be to be a level of priority towards that natural landscape and allowing it to continue to grow. So um, that I think that played off well when it came to feral ecologies. So feral ecologies is assessing the interactions between humans and non-human ecologies and how they integrate and the ways that nature in itself has had to adapt to humans in general. So throughout the years, how things like deforestation and ocean pollution are a, quite a prominent aspect of how ecosystems have had to evolve in order to cater to humans. And when I was doing my research into my dissertation, a big um, element of that was researching into the Feral Atlas, which was a university study. And that kind of mapped out the trajectory of how um, humans and nature interact. And through that, that kind of led me into rewilding in that kind of how we can kind of then bring a solution to those assessments. So the feral ecology is assessing the problem, rewilding is actually solving it. Um, and then I found that was really interesting because nothing has actually been researched into in terms of how um, modern day design culture interacts with nature. I thought that would be an interesting topic to transcend and think about how I can use that research to create solutions for a more ecological textile industry and just f to encourage practitioners in themselves to become more mindful of how they interact with nature, the materials they use, become more conscious of where they source it. And through that, that kind of encouraged me to look into designers who have started to play on those elements. And I found that Stuart Walker was a really, really influential part in my dissertation. Um, he in particular made a range of sustainable lamp designs and challenged himself to create those using materials from his immediate proximity, locational based resources. And through that, I was able to challenge myself then to create designs, specifically my own sustainable lamp using my own 
localized resources and immediate environment in mid Wales. So that was really interesting to kind of begin with. So how have you taken all of those very big, Mm. ambitious ideas back into your studio practice as a textile designer? I think the part that a lot of people get lost upon is when it comes to the environment and re- like environmental restoration and sustainability, we kind of look at it at a large scale. And within my dissertation, I really wanted to kind of minimalize it and make it personal to what I can do as an individual designer and kind of play from that. And then through that, we can start to build it up into the textile industry and then in- influence consumers. So when it came to my personal practices. Throughout my three years, I've definitely explored a range of different um, elements within the textile industry. So um, with like the textural and design and surface pattern. And I found that the main thing I've incorporated into my work since writing the dissertation was sitting down and having that conversation with myself and taking the time to challenge my practices and be like, okay, what resources do I need from that? Where can I get them? Can I get them locally? Can they be sustainable? Can I support a local business? And through that, even if it doesn't work out each time, I'm still giving myself that energy and, and putting the input into that sustainable aspect that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of before writing this dissertation. I think within my f- final exhibition, now I've created a range of surface pattern designs, which within the physical display, I had to make samples. The samples themselves, the priority was the quality and the flowingness and just the durability of the materials. And through that, I needed to really prioritize that for my final exhibition. But within the project development, I was able to give myself the time to really challenge myself to look at local resources. And I looked at places in mid Wales, like the organic textile company, and just exploring the material options I had. And because due to, to like time limits and of course like financial situations being a student at the moment it, realistically i couldn't follow through with all of the things i wanted for my final exhibition but just having that conversation with myself and really acknowledging those sustainable aspects that can be incorporated was just i feel like that's a really fundamental and like essential thing as a designer just to even think about it at that stage is yeah building it yeah. in as like a design it's almost like yeah um, it's practice into the process yeah. almost like in the same way you'd be considering color or form or you know any of the kind of formal elements yeah. um sustainability and those kind of concerns is built into it i think that's really key isn't it what about the challenges that it presents though because particularly with textile design it's it's really difficult because in terms of the most sustainable thing to do would be don't make anything, um, yeah. you know, and um, in terms of using any resources, because they all come with these kind of issues. There's some sort of carbon footprint. How do you navigate that as a textile designer? I think that's really difficult because in textile, because textiles is one of the leading contributors to like environmental damage in general, just, just yeah, the utilization of like different dyes and materials. It's like, realistically, it's going to take a long time before we get to a point where the textile industry is going to be sustainable in its entirety might never be at this point. But I think when it comes to as an individual designer, it is just, I think you're having to kind of really prioritize what it is you want in the final outcome. And I think even if it is just spending that bit more money and spending a bit more of your time to try and get that, I think it is just something that is necessary at this point. You can sort of say, okay, well, I'll use natural print pastes 
to screen print with, but you're using lots of water. And natural dyes actually produce lots of toxins. That's why you have to have it separate from your cookware, that kind of thing. So there's all these kind of, they sort of present as natural or um, I guess like sort of eco-friendly, but they still have these kind of complications. Definitely. I think within my final collection, I looked at sublimation printing because that was um, a resource we have on campus and I really wanted to utilize that. I thought it was good to kind of um, explore all of the different facilities we have on campus before I graduate. And with sublimation printing being a non-dial um, water pollutant process, I thought that was an important element to kind of encourage. And even though the materials themselves were synthetic for it to work or with organic materials you had to use a sublimation spray which is obviously a pollutant in itself there's always going to be that element unfortunately but I think it is just a case of exploring what works best for you and in that point when I was exploring the organic um, material options with sublimation printing um, the use of sublimation spray hardened the material and the fabric which kind of restricted the color as well. And just everything about my designs was just not clearly reflected within that process. So in the end, I continue to use sublimation printing due to its non-water pollutant aspects. And the way that I was able to do it all myself by hand, I think that encouraged me to appreciate like the slow process and slow fashion. And um, I think that is definitely something that challenged me doing it all myself as well. Um, but it was, it was nice. It was personal. And I think just kind of encouraging that sort of personal touch within your work instead of, if you can create them yourselves and minimally as well. Um, a big thing that in your dissertation you touched on was things, you know, like just mass production of things. Um, and, you know, the kind of outsourcing and the huge kind of chains that are involved in the creation of a textile object, you know, whether that's like a cushion or a garment or something like that. Um, there's not much transparency really in these supply chains and like who grew things, who, you know, who's the weaver, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you, 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 particularly this year, you discovered a love of fashion print. How, how are you going to navigate that um, when you graduate? That sort of, because fashion, particularly fast fashion, it's got, you know, there's a lot of issues there. Um, and, you know, things like Oliver Bonus, who you were focusing on for your project, uh, in your studio project, how are you going to navigate that and sort of create, um, I guess, like improvements in that design industry? I think within my final exhibition, my aim was to create a range of um, summer accessories and kind of I know that a big aspect of that was encouraging minimalist wardrobes and the fact that we can actually use accessories as a way to alternate our fashion and our wardrobes and create different styles and that can eliminate kind of, well, encourage the elimination of fast fashion and maximalist wardrobes. Instead, it's more the minimalization of the clothes you wear, but then the maximalization of accessories that can help you change your day-to-day. Because -day. obviously within the fashion industry, there's this major influence that we need to continuously like buy different outfits for every occasion. And that's like, I know it for myself that I'm influenced by that. I know I'm still struggle not to buy a new outfit when I've got an event, but I think by creating 
things like bucket hats and headscarves and bucket bags and all these different summer accessories that are really vibrant and take inspiration from natural florals and botanical colors. Um, I think that was an important aspect to lead with into my sort of passion to go into the fashion industry as although that is also a big leading contributor in the climate crisis it's um i think just the minimalization of everything everything needs to be taken in proportion is a big aspect and i think just the mindset going into that is really important as well yeah absolutely i think the things that you designed in your um studio collection um they just encourage people, you know, people are, people are still going to buy things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just sort of, we're hardwired at the moment, aren't we? Um, and I think, you know, it's not a new idea, really. It's something that our you know, grandmothers probably did buying like very plain outfits. And then you'd buy things like scarves and buy, you know, like small accessories. And it, you know, it's still the creation of new objects, new materials, that kind of thing, but it's, much on a smaller scale, the amount of fabric used for a scarf compared to that for like an entire garment, you know, we're talking meters being saved just for one person buying that. Um, it's a step in the right direction, isn't it? Definitely. And if you think back to when like our grandparents were our age or even younger, they had to, I know my mum herself when she was younger, they had to make their own clothes and unlike so sew and like repair things and they'd rewear and it wouldn't be a case of just buying cheaply made clothes that, um, that are created like hundreds at a time every day, new trends and different collections coming out. It was more about um, sort of, I can't think what the word is. You just used what you had. You know, yeah. it, was just that it was not needing to have a definitely. brand new look all the time. You know, and I think... Obviously, not everyone financially can afford to buy like the like from like big brands that are like sustainable and like really good quality clothing. But I think it is more about um, like durability and just the sort of just using what you have. And if you think about everything that's in your wardrobe right now, that could last you possibly for the rest of your life if you put the effort in and you repaired it and you mm. looked after it well. It is all about just taking care of what you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the creative market and industry and just design culture in general, realistically, it's never going to change to a point that we're going to have like this big sustainable, like overload and everyone's going to be like ecologically mindful. But at the same time, I think if we can introduce that sort of perspective, um, I think the main goal is just kind of implementing that mindset I think a big thing that I yeah. took from your dissertation was like just not wasting things yeah you know like just appreciating um, there's so much waste you know things being worn once and that like you talked about um the amount of landfill just from textiles alone in the UK you know isn't it oh, I can't remember the exact figure I don't know if you have that in <laughs> not on hand right now um it was a lot it was like it's a really significant amount yeah um yeah. you know and that just that kind of wasting of fabric that just sits underground. That was that was a really big thing that I mm. I don't know. I've gone completely off piste as well. <laughs> Do we need to remake this point? Do I need to- I know. It's one of those <laughs> things. Waffly, it gets, there's just so much involved under the surface, isn't it? Once you bring it up, it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. <laughs> but it is that's, that's the power of it though. The 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 power of of what you've what you're trying to do, it feels it is about the mindset shift and mindset change. And um the the uh 
the way in which you raise awareness around the the impact of of, of a simple choice, with the hope that it will become a behavioural change, and then it will it will last for a lot. You know, and your own your own journey through researching it yourself, Laura's reading of your work and realizing and, and, and taking stock of something, they are active things that shift behavior. And if your work can do that with, with the, the people that interact with the work or buy it or experience it in the exhibition, then you've done your job. You, you've, you've started a conversation around the things that people won't normally see, but you're training them to be able to see. Definitely. I think that's the main goal here because when I was doing the research, obviously it was such a broad subject and just narrowing it down to that personalization and being like, okay, this is what I can do as a practitioner. Hopefully that then will inspire other people to start taking that. And through reading the dissertation, you can see, hopefully you can see my mind process because naturally through writing it, I was discovering everything as I went. And I was like, this is how this works. Oh, I can implement this. I can challenge myself to do that. And then I think the main goal is to make it so personal that other people can really connect to that and be like, oh, I can try and do this within my work. And I can go out and I can localize my sort of practices and kind of take inspiration from the world around me, like my immediate surroundings, rather than reaching out to sources that you don't necessarily need to go to. So yeah, that's definitely, I agree with that. That's a big aspect. Could you talk us through the the localised practice you went through? Definitely. To, to, the, the experience of it, how you did it, what you discovered by doing it. So through reading about Stuart Walker's work, specifically his sustainable lamp designs, he challenged himself to create a range of lamps using materials from his immediate environment that included within his home and then also the nature outside and the environments around him. Um, so for him, he did things like he used upcycled an old hat that he had, or he used paper that he found in his home to create lampshades. And then when it came to his natural environments, he found a piece of bamboo and a stone and he tied them together to create the lamps um, structure. So through that, that inspired me to look at my own environment and how I can use my natural landscapes to create my own design. So I'm from um, mid Wales, which is really rural. It's all forests and hills and countryside. I thought that was a really good um, area to focus upon. And through that, I used my local forest as my main source for inspiration and for materials. Um, I used a lot of materials like um, and sources such as like leaves and different things that have fallen from trees and like on the ground floor. And that's where kind of rewilding came in, in terms and feral ecologies, in terms of interacting with nature, being conscious of how I would be damaging the surroundings. And then when it comes to rewilding, I wanted to collect those materials in a way that I'm still continuing to allow the environment to grow and I'm not going to be damaging it in any way. Um, there was also a lot of uh, things like deforestation, obviously not on the like a maximized scale, but things like there was um, pieces of like fallen wood and chopped wood as well that was just left there. So I um, upcycled that to use it as the frame of my lamp. And I think the main goal was just using my natural um, resources around me in a way that I wasn't actually affecting the environment. I was just taking what was provided to me that was already that had already left and it was just on the floor, if that makes sense. So I thought that was quite an 
it's it's funny to describe it because it sounds like quite an unusual way to make a lamp. But when you actually collect all those things and all of the different like dead leaves and the autumnal colors, and I use them to create the lampshade with upcycled paper as a paper making, I was able to create an actually quite a nice a nice design that had the aesthetic that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of to bring in but it actually through installing the light bulb and allowing it to glow you could see all the autumnal colors and textures and it was just as well as being a propositional piece I was actually able to create a nature inspired design that could potentially be used in people's home it had that aesthetic and that appeal still so it was quite a nice surprise to be able to do something that was actually pr quite pretty to look at as well. Because obviously when it came to people like Stuart Walker's work, it was completely propositional. It wasn't, uh, sometimes it wasn't completely functional in the way that you could probably display it in a house. And when it came to the different materials that he used, they might not be long lasting in terms of like the paper, it could be flammable and it could like in the long run be somewhat of a risk but at the same time it is the conversation that's being had within that and I think within design that's something to be encouraged because a lot of it is just influencing different trends and styles um, I think it's interesting to use the world around us as a way to encourage us to think about what materials we use and through that I think having that lamp design at home now I have that with me it's nice to be able to see it and then that reminds me okay I can go out and do that again if I want to make something I can go out into the woods and find all the materials yeah. I need in a way that I'm not damaging the world it is, achieve so it's, it's it's a nice achievable yeah. yeah and I think if people were to do that and other designers and if they were to sell those as well and uh, people were to have those in their homes even that like propositional design is something that can be encouraged as a way of like decorating your home and encouraging nature within your home, if that makes sense. It's quite, there's just so many elements you can bring into it, but it is just that conversation that you have with yourself that's like encouraged at the end of the day. So yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with your dissertation, you, you do have the option to just to write an extended piece of writing, um, or you can do some writing and make an artifact. How important was it for you to actually go out and source materials and make the thing rather than just writing about the theory? I think approaching the subject through a physical exploration of design was like a big element within this because if I hadn't have done it myself, how am I to understand the subject fully? Um, I think by doing this, I was able to really understand sort of the concepts that were at play and obviously by reading about Stuart Walker I was able to understand what he was doing to a degree but then by actually creating it myself I was really able to kind of indulge within his mindset and kind of just create it for myself was quite special I think. Can you talk about how you got to your question you know yeah, yeah the whole sub the whole dissertation subject how did you get there? I feel like you'd you'd know as well within our specific cohort in the textile course, a lot of us were driven by sustainability and we really wanted to implement that within our design in some way. And I feel like we had that sort of underlying guilt of using like synthetics. And we came in, we're like, oh no, we know this is really bad. We really want to be sustainable. And I think through that, a lot of us did write dissertations that even if we weren't able to always practice those methods within the course because we were doing so many different briefs and we really wanted to prioritize like the qualities and just the different aspects that were needed within the actual marking schemes. Um, 
our dissertations, obviously I can only speak for myself, but I can imagine our dissertations were a thing of like opportunity for us to kind of delve into that and kind of gain more knowledge of the industry we want to work in and the different sustainable aspects that could lead to. So from that, I found, because we had to write a proposal for our dissertations, I kind of just did a brief thing of like, I want to do sustainable. And I know with, I did my, dis, I did a constellation module with Martin as well. I think that surrounded feral ecologies in that. So that's definitely where I got that from. And I think through that, I was like, okay, I'm going to combine these two together and just see what comes out of it. And to be honest, I had no clue at the start what I was going <laughs> to start with, but I just knew this is a really interesting topic. This is the industry I want to work in. Let's mash them together and see what happens. So it was exciting. <laughs> it was an interesting outcome. But yeah, I think that's a big element that I really enjoyed in it that hopefully you can see within my writing as well. Is I kind of started off like, this is what I know. This is what I've came out with. And like you can kind of see the different, like my the knowledge that was gained within that. And even now I'm still learning. Even now it's a lot to take on in your brain. Um, but yeah, it was nice to kind of challenge myself to <laughs> learn about these things. And so, so what's next for you? Um, well, attending the new designers in London, the, the event has allowed me to showcase my final fashion collection, which as we mentioned before, was about minimalist accessories and wardrobes and kind of extending like the idea of slow fashion. Um, so it'll be really exciting to kind of showcase that final collection within there and gain exposure. And I think a main thing now coming out of un university as a designer with ambitions to be um, showcased within like the surface pattern and illustrative market. I really want to just expand my creative skills and through that and gaining that knowledge, I'll be able to really like kind of transcend my idea of design and hopefully through gaining experience within different like careers and like in, within the industry, I'll be able to implement like those sustainable aspects. And if I am working for a company, I can then kind of encourage them in some ways to think about the material components they're using and Hopefully, if I can find a company as well that is already doing that, it's nice to kind of implement myself within that aspect of the textile industry, if possible. Do you want to share your good news that you had this morning? So yes. I've one of eight people that have won the new designers in collaboration with Contrado Dream It Design It competition. So that's going to allow me to sell my products upon the Contrado website and their platform. And they're going to market my creative identity and my designs. And it's going to be really exciting. And I think through that as well, being able to sell my own products on their platform, I can then encourage the use of the creation of my products using like the sustainable materials and kind of cater to that sort of market. And I know that through that competition, I'll be in contact with like their marketing teams and the factory productions. And I think that'll be like a really exciting element to kind of be involved in and hopefully implement that sustainable aspect if I can. Because I think that's so it's so great that I've had that opportunity now to be able to connect with such a big brand and they have that power and like the finances to be able to kind of extend that as well. So it'll be really nice to take on that opportunity. Absolutely. It gives you a very big platform, doesn't it? To share your, you know, thinking. Um, and in terms of the practices of Contrado as well, you know, they're using reactive dyes through digital printing, which again is a, there's water involved in that you have to steam the fabric, but it's um, a sustainable textile design process. So it's in line with um 
your sort of principles and ethics within your design practice, which is great. I think it's just, it's such a good opportunity now. I think to start off with like graduating with this, it's just going to really extend all my opportunities and just the possibilities for that. So yeah, that'd be good exposure. (laughs) Definitely. I do feel like the tide is, is turning a little bit, you know, it's, um, yeah, we have more graduates like you going out and shouting about these things. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. It's- I think that that's the real power of this is that when we get it right and and your, your, your narrative is so lovely that you, you find these two things, your passion, you, you already have a passion that you, you're interested in. You've got the energy and the ambition to put things together, see what happens. You're successful because of it. And you have the ambition to go out and influence other people in the industry to do the same. You know, what more could you want? Yeah, yeah, it's... it's uh- I definitely think within this last project that I've done now, I did have a feeling of guilt because I'd gone from making like a lamp completely made from a forest to fashion accessories. But at the same time, because my my original style is very commercial, I think it is quite nice to start off with like the complete opposite end and kind of carry that through to where I want to go. Even if it isn't explored yet, it's nice to bring that mindset in. It's bigger picture stuff, isn't it? Sometimes, and sometimes the bigger picture comes from small iterations and small influences over time. And all you can do is do what Absolutely. you can do. It's sowing seeds for change, isn't it? You know, and it's a bit of a cliche, but it's, it's tiny little things that will get us. Because I think, you know, to that sort of point of, um, you know, like net zero and all that kind of stuff, um, it, it's just so overwhelming. I'm sure everybody in the room feels a bit overwhelmed when you look at the newspapers and the kind of things that are happening in the world. It's really... You know, it's it feels like a lot, and you're just sort of sat there in your home thinking, okay, well, I'll take my keep cup around, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and so, you know, it is, it's small, little, little things. So, if you think about when everyone went crazy about the plastic straws, if we can get that passionate about any other element, like obviously changing plastic straws is great, but if we could put that energy into other things, such as the fashion industry, mm-hmm. and if everyone was like, I need to have a really small wardrobe now, I need to just wear the same clothes, not yeah. buy from every event. If that became like a manic perspective that everyone yeah. kind of came it's together for. Is Island have partnered with eBay? You know, yeah. I don't know if you saw that yeah. this weekend. Um, oh, so. Can we get Love Island in the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's fantastic it's though because it's a certain demographic. It's a huge demographic of people watching Love Island. Um, and, you know, they were, I can't remember who they were with before, but was it like, I like it, it I... It was see, I buy it or something like some sort of company like that. A misguided adverts running in the middle of Love Island, all these kind of things that you know they sell products for like one pound, two pound eighty. Definitely, and I think just the perspective they have and just idolizing like. I don't know whether to go into this now or not. Is I know, it so we don't have, I'm just chatting. Like I'm, I'm not really. <laughs> I know, I feel like that's an even allowed to mention. <laughs> probably not allowed to mention big brands either, are we? Maybe not. I don't know. I, I just feel I'm going to steer away from Love Island now, otherwise, I'll just go into two videos. <laughs> I'll be like that damn couple. Are the reality television programs are available. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about the ideas discussed, please check the show notes, which would include some links and references. And to find out more about Cardiff School of Art and Design, please visit the website at cardiffmet.ac.uk forward slash CSAD.